Brought to you by Fruitnet Media, this is Fruitbox. Hello, welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. I want these 15-minute conversations, which we now broadcast once a week every Wednesday, to give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Now, last week I talked to Andriy Yarmak from the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization about Uzbekistan and the opportunities in Central Asia. As the lead economist at, the, at their investment center, Andriy certainly knows a thing or two when it, where and how to invest in fresh fruits and vegetables. And my guest this week is also very well placed to comment on what future investments in the fresh fruit and vegetable business might look like. He's worked at some of the biggest businesses in our sector. We met first uh, over 20 years ago when he headed up Syngenta's research arm and since then he's worked at businesses such as Driscoll's and San Lucar and others. And now he's got his own business called Fruit Profits. Profiting from fresh produce is what we all want to know about. And I'm delighted to be joined on Fruitbox today by Dr. Manuel Madrid. Manuel is joining me down the line from Valencia in Spain. And I've caught him just before he relocates to Costa Rica. Manuel, welcome to Fruitbox. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for this opportunity. So, Manuel, why, why Costa Rica? What, what takes you there? Well, Costa Rica is located very strategically between North America and South America. Many of my clients are located in South America and Central America. Uh, it's a very large export, exporter and producer of pineapple and, and bananas. And uh, it is a stable country, stable democracy, uh, very good to do business. And it's a lovely country, so I like to be there as well. So compelling reasons for, for your own, uh, as it were, investment in that country personally, but for future investment in Costa Rica more generally. But Costa Rica, as you've mentioned a moment ago, is, is um, you know, famous for its bananas and its pineapples, which are two kind of commodities where, you know, margins are pretty thin and profits are still hard to come by. That, that's true, isn't it? Yes. Um, these are the constraints of classical conventional agriculture with very expensive inputs, a lot of uh, competition and uh, limits to the fertility of the soil. And I think we need to change the, the model of, of agriculture and, and transform it into a much less dependent uh, agriculture, dependent on, on inputs and a much more sustainable agriculture, which is also going to be a, less costly to produce. So it's a win-win on, on both sides, on the economical and sustainability side. And do and you think there's something particular about Costa Rica that allows that to happen perhaps there? Or is it uh, you know, a general approach that we need, to, we need to be taking all over the world? I'm, I'm absolutely certain it is. Well, the country is started with its environmental policies already 30 years ago, and it's it has a very developed environmental policy. So these uh, subjects uh, uh, are very developed in Costa Rica. The same uh, Rainforest Alliance uh, certification scheme started in Costa Rica. And uh, there's a lot of uh, well-trained, well-prepared technicians there, and uh, they're very attuned to the needs of the, 
of the market in this in this sense. So it's a perfect laboratory. And furthermore, Costa Rica, because of its geography, has 13 different climates. So you can test any kind of crop almost in a single country because of the altitude and latitude and rainfall. And, and do you expect, therefore, that there's going to be much more interest in Costa Rica in kind of non-traditional products, that the investment is going to come into the country for those particular things rather than um, those well-known products like bananas and pineapples? I think so. I think uh, because of this diversity of climates, because of the technological level of the country, and, and Costa Ricans are very uh, creative and very entrepreneurial. I think there's going to be new new crops, papaya and mango are already developed there, they're planting uh, avocado, um, but they can also grow berries and uh, many other crops, flowers on the ornamental side. So it's, it's a country that offers a lot of possibilities. And they can also export technology. In fact, many of the technicians from Costa Rica fly to other countries, uh, Philippines, uh, Dominican Republic. Now, you and I have been in, in the business long enough to know that uh, it wasn't always like this. And, and there seems to be a kind of new attitude, a new interest in investments in, in fresh fruits and vegetables. It's kind of almost suddenly the hot, sexy sector to be in. Um, is this all because of COVID? And, and by the same token, will interest, you think, fall off uh, when they find a vaccine? I don't think so. I think uh, COVID has been a catalyst of of the crisis that was already underlying in the economy, in the world. Uh, the, the world uh, has been suffering from uh, excessive debt uh, from governments, from industries, and, and also from individuals. And that has to correct. Uh, there needs to be a correction at some point. So the, I think the crisis will continue for this, for several years, uh, even after the, the vaccine has been found. Uh, but uh, here, I think we need to look at the long-term trends, which are going to continue. Uh, and, and most of them are driven by demographics. The world population will continue to increase. Uh, there's a continuous uh, interest on health. And uh, health and nutrition are directly correlated. People realize now that health is your own. Responsibility is not a matter of taking a pill or going to the hospital. It is very much related to your lifestyle. And furthermore, I think with the, with the coming crisis, uh, public health systems are going to suffer. So your health is going to be your own responsibility. And apart from a major accident or you know, unexpected situation, any chronic most of the chronic illnesses can be solved by nutrition and your lifestyle. And I think this is why, especially fresh produce is in the, at the center of this interest. So I think the trend is going to continue. And we have seen it during COVID, the prices have not really gone down, even in the most expensive items like berries or avocado. Mm. So demand is there. Um, but but for anybody that makes investments, I mean, yes, that the longer term sure is is very very important. But you need a kind of return on investment that comes relatively quickly, um, and I, I kind of get the impression that that's getting more difficult by the day. I mean, you know, surely the one thing that COVID 
is teaching us or has taught us is that there really is no uh, no certainty anymore. Um, and we haven't really properly talked about climate change yet. I mean, how does that all um, kind of drive or actually limit investment in, in many ways in the sector? There are limits to the way we produce uh, fresh produce today. And I think uh, those limits um, are, are affecting the profitability. This has to do a lot with the, with the cost of the inputs and the way we use inputs. For example, there are several uh, publications, uh, not only on tropical crops, but in many other crops. But in the particular case of banana, let's take the case of banana. There's, some, there's a study uh, by the University of Wageningen in Ancorvana, the research center in Costa Rica, that shows that 80% of the fertilizer you apply on the on the land, on the, on the crop is washed away uh, and goes to the rivers or the groundwater. So you're not only polluting, you're losing money as well. So finding new ways to fertilize, finding new ways of controlling pest and disease is, uh, is fundamental for this new agriculture and for the for profitability and sustainability of agriculture. We need to rely less, less on chemical inputs and more on biological inputs, which are already there in the farm. So the issue, I mean, a few years ago, all the talk was about kind of commanding land. It was all about investing in production. But what, what it sounds to me like is actually it's technology uh, and the, the discovery of new technology where the money is to be made in future. And, and you know about that. I mean, you've spent several years not that long ago advising some major Russian companies on the investments they needed to make to upscale their uh, own domestic production. That, that, that was all about the introduction of new technology, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, um, the project in, in Russia was very interesting. Uh, this was a large uh, investment uh, company uh, that had invested in production of apples and was very successful in apple production, but they um, did not have the infrastructure to to store long-term apples, as you know, they are stored up to 12 months um, for local consumption because uh, Russia in 2014 uh, suffered an embargo because of the situation in, in Crimea. In Ukraine, yeah. And uh, yes, uh, so I think the opportunity comes from the analysis of the value chain uh, and this is where, and production is only one uh, one element of the value chain. Upstream, you have, for example, varieties. There's a, I think, a, a booming business right now. A lot of investment going into developing new, new varieties, more resistant varieties, more tasty varieties, longer shelf life. And and downstream, you need to look at the value chain and especially the cold chain. How are you preserving that that uh, fruit or that vegetable, packaging materials, mm. uh, cold storage and distribution. And, and also in retail, I think we need to modernize our, our retail system so that produce arrives in optimum condition. Especially, for example, uh, as we look in the future into uh, home delivery, how are we going to preserve fresh freshness with home delivery with uh, online retailing? I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Manuel, we're coming to the end of our, our time today. And, and it occurs to me that we haven't actually really talked much about Asia. 
How do you assess the opportunity in Asia and how do you think it compares to other parts of the world? Yes, we cannot ignore that 60% of the population, the world population lives in Asia. Most of it is in China, but in many other countries which are really largely populated. So, and Asia, with some exceptions, does not have a lot of arable land. China obviously does not. So uh, Asia will have to look at uh, other areas to develop which are close to them. Uh, and I think your your last interview was very relevant with this uh, gentleman uh, working out of Uzbekistan. I think Central Asia is going to develop a, a lot in production of temperate crops. I myself have uh, done some uh, consulting in Kazakhstan for apple and stone fruit and Kazakhstan has direct a direct border with uh, with northern China. Uh, Uzbekistan is the same. Uh, so I think for temperate crops, I see a lot of development in Central Asia, even Russia, uh, the Asian part of Russia, and also a lot of development in Southeast Asia, for example, and some some countries that offer a lot of opportunity. I think is Vietnam. Uh, and Southeast Asia in general is going to develop. But that takes time and I think in the, in the interim uh, Latin America is going to continue supplying a lot of uh, fresh produce to, to Asia because uh, Australia is very expensive in production and North America is, is out of the equation because of the current uh, um, yeah, trade war. Mm. So I think that this uh, is going to be the movement in the next five years. Well, fascinating times ahead. Manuel, that's all we've got time for today on Fruitbox. I was joined down the line from Valencia by Dr. Manuel Madrid of Fruit Profits. Manuel, it's always great to talk to you and nice to talk to you again. Thanks so much for coming on the programme and the best of luck uh, uh, in Costa Rica. Safe travels. Thank you to you. And I hope to see you in Costa Rica. I'd love to. Now, you can find today's conversation with Manuel and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. We've got more great guests coming on the programme in the next few weeks, so do keep listening in. Oh, and if you've got any ideas of what you'd like me to talk about on Fruitbox, or even if you'd like to feature in a future episode, then do get in touch. Email me at chris at fruitnet.com. Fruitbox is getting loads of listens every week. Look out for us on LinkedIn, where I'm posting every episode every week. My profile name is Chris Fruitnet, and the interviews are getting lots and lots of listens, likes, comments, and shares. We've also had our first sponsored episodes of Fruitbox, so if you'd like to get your name out there to all our listeners by becoming a supporter of Fruitbox, then do also please get in touch. That was Fruitbox, and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. To sponsor a future episode, please email advertising at fruitnet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Fruitnet Live. And don't forget you can keep up to date with all the latest fresh produce industry news at fruitnet.com. <laughs>